0: Hi, this is Michael Plain, you're listening to The Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we discuss the headaches created by discounts, the truly hidden benefits of removing them, and what you can do instead. Listen in and enjoy. <laughs>
1: It's always stressful. I think think what everyone should know is that Mikkel just ran around the office for 10 minutes, (laughs) shutting off the energy for the whole office in order to get the lights dimmed. No, it's important.
0: It's important. And we have an unhinged door that's kind of leaning up against the frame. Uh, We have a box of soda basically weighing down the stand of the light, staying scrappy. But we're going to talk about all this gear we bought. We obviously asked for, you know, a discount. Oh, did we? Yeah. yeah, I yeah. Um, always do. It's like, you know, it's programmed and I kind of read this thing. Uh, I think it was, was it in Influence by Cialdini? Something like if you go to Starbucks, Maybe that wasn't the book, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to Starbucks, try asking for a discount. Chances are you're actually going to get it. And, you know, if they say no one time, you can ask next time. And if they ask, like, why? Just say just because. You're yeah. most likely going to end up getting a discount. And so I think it's it's kind of ingrained in us, uh, especially, I think, just talking personally here at the moment with how costs are increasing for everything you you pay a bit more attention to where can you save a bit of money, right? And so I I think it's normal for any business uh, when they go and buy to kind of almost expect, of course, I'm going to get a discount, right? So we're going to talk a bit about that today. And, you know, there's so many great articles, videos, even podcasts talking about how to do discounting, how to be, you know, Mm. successful with it. We dropped even a discount hierarchy in a previous episode, and we kind of agreed, you know, again swimming against the current. We are not going to do that, mm. actually. We want to spend some time talking about should you even do discounting and then get into some hidden benefits of not doing
1: it, right? No, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, one of the issues is the is the culture around it, is the expectation around it, right? Mm. Uh, hey, If you buy B2B software, you should get a discount. But this is the funny thing. I've been asking for discounts for everything. Uh, we have a whole framework. It's called bucked. yeah (laughs) budget authority competition and timing basically kind of mirroring bunt just the from from a buyer's perspective we can talk more about that another time maybe but um you know there's all kinds of thoughts going into that but at home you know when i buy something anything i'm way too shy to ask for a discount (laughs) no way and the person who asked for a discount is my wife by the way it's like oh. no problem. She's like you know going to a bazaar. You know she would she would you know she would win against anyone there, right? Mm. That's that's her thing. And I think the 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 culture piece here is really interesting. That to a, to a large degree that's the current that you're fighting against, right? Mm. Kind of the hey, you know everyone is expecting a discount, so I guess we're giving one, right? right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think today, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about um, what if you do swim against that current? What if you do see the world differently? You know, how, how, can, you, how can you survive? What are the benefits of that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and trying to get away from this uh, discount spiral that we're, that we're seeing a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, and I think also, you know, we talked a bit about the, the poor account executive who go to the sales manager and say, you know, I can close this deal if I, you know, offer them a discount. And the rebuttal is, well, you obviously didn't do enough value selling. Let's let's do some enablement. <laughs> well, it's not the sales manager; it's, it's well, the uh, enablement, en- enablement
1: person <laughs> saying that. Well, did you build enough value with the with the prospect, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, but even you know, in your example, even worse, uh, a lot of a lot of AEs you know that are selling to you, uh, you know, and you will ask them for a discount, and then they will be like, ah, "Mikkel, I'm not. Uh, this is." This is asking for a lot. This is unreasonable. F- f- first of all, I need something in return. Mm. You know, you need to sign by, you know, 4 p.m. Um, <laughs> we need to skip legal. And the um, and the truth is, you know, then they will say like, oh, yeah, it's so difficult and, you know, I can go to to battle for you and kind of try mm. and figure this out. But, you know, I think my CEO needs to sign off on that. And then basically what they do is they um, don't ask anyone and just send you the discount. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of bullshitting, gaming, and and some of the potentially bad reputation and sleaziness of the sales uh, sales reputation almost kind of coming a little bit out of this whole discounting negotiation game.
0: Yeah. It's almost like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street. You which, know, which one? Where, you know, wait for them to answer. If You, you know, the first one who, who replies uh, loses. I see. But anyway, so I, I think what we should do first off is let's jump into some of the issues with, discounting. We mm. already kind of started to peel the onion a little bit yeah. here, but I think we should get a bit into it, right? Because there are some ramifications of this behavior of offering a discount and closing a deal, right? Mm. And one of the things you, you and I are talking about right now and talked about in the past is this whole dynamic of end quarter being able to hit you know, your quota as, as an individual sales rep and essentially ending up potentially with the wrong customer.
1: Yeah. And uh, I and, you know, the, the, the reason why you end up with the wrong customer uh, in that sense and, and connected that to discounting is basically, hey, you have a price, it's set at a certain level, and we believe that that certain level matches the value we provide. Mm. <clears throat> and if you now need to give a discount, um, you know, apparently the, the the prospective customer doesn't see the value just as as you see it. might have many different reasons. The, the rep didn't sell it properly. But it might also have the reason that the customer just is not as, as great of a fit for you as as you might otherwise would think. And that then drives two things. One, it's a selection bias. So that customer might just not be great for you in the long run because maybe they just don't need that tool that much or they don't see the value as you know as outlined. But it also creates kind of this subconscious thing of like, oh, the the thing that I'm buying here isn't as valuable. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going again a little bit into some of the pseudo psychology that we should stay clearly away from (laughs) but you know there's this example of um, uh, you know they did an kind of an experiment a bottle of wine you know two bottles of wine Mm. actually one five bucks one fifty bucks and then you know people tasted it and needed to rate it uh, and obviously it was the same was the same bottle Um, and uh, and and people rated the more expensive one much more tasty and you know oh yeah yes I think 50 bucks is cheap for that mm. one. And, and this $5 one, oh, 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 no, no. This is just, <laughs> you know, sour grape juice, you know. So I, I actually heard from, uh,
0: this is going to sound funny, but a friend of a friend, right? He, he was a sure. sommelier. So yourself. He was a sommelier restaurant. And yeah. he said, so let me get a, give you a bit of advice. If you're ever going to go out and, you know, and eat, you, you have the cheapest wine on the menu and no one ever buys it the second cheapest wine on the menu is the one the restaurant earns all their money on. So don't get that one. Usually you want to go for like the third or the fourth. <laughs> really? But it, but there is psychology in that, right? You, you don't want the cheapest. It's something with the quality of what you're getting, right? And you can play that to your advantage. Total, you know, sidetrack here.
1: You know, I think we need to change the name of the episode. I could talk yeah. a little bit more about wine right now, but yeah, uh, yeah. let's maybe skip that.
0: L- spin-off, yeah. uh, you know, that's very popular <laughs> in some shows. <laughs> okay, so you know, the other dimension that isn't really being talked about is you're, you know, you're giving away value and basically you lose out on revenue mm. in doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's like a an obvious is, one. Yeah. It's like, da, Mikkel, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> I think uh, I think we found a cool quote from Jaco here from Winning by Design. And he was basically, and he's pretty, you know, he's cool in many ways, but he was basically equating discount to churn. Yeah. Which is... You know, first thought, duh. Second thought is like, wait a minute, I didn't yeah. think about it like that. <laughs> so, and he's basically saying, hey, imagine you give a twenty percent discount and how that feels, and now compare that to having twenty percent churn, mm-hmm. and it's basically the same thing. It has the same impact on your cash payback, it has the same impact on your lifetime value, it has the same impact on your growth. All of these things are the exact same thing, but you know, for many reasons, and some of that is obviously you know investor sided churn. 20% churn feels so much more hurtful than giving a 20% discount. Mm. Yeah.
0: But I also think, you know, that. so the ramification, for example, is if, if it starts impacting your elements like payback, mm. it basically means you're less competitive in going out and buying customers, right? So if you are doing, let's say, performance marketing and run a lot of paid advertising, yeah. you actually have a competitive edge if your payback or CAC payback is better yeah. than that of the competition. Yeah, right? I think
1: I think this is very rarely talked about, and, and, and maybe it goes a little bit beyond kind of the scope for today, mm. but basically what you're referring to here is if you have a product that costs $100,000, uh, you can afford a CAC payback of actually $150,000. Uh, mm. So you can basically afford CAC of $150,000. Now the firepower you can deploy to get that customer with a $150,000 budget it's obviously much more if you were selling a $25,000 product mm. right and that translates both into you know the the ads you can run on on google and facebook and what have you but also on the quality of sales reps you can hire you know the support you can give and all of these all of these other things around it uh, which basically gives you a, a a competitive edge right so really basically saying the more CAC i can afford because the price is higher because i have more funding in the bank account The more competitive and aggressively i can go to market Mm. right it's it's a little bit the flip side of the very efficient customer acquisition cost payback period that um that many folks out there are focusing on
0: yeah and i think if if you stay in in this mindset right you the the next dimension is you you close the deal you have the customer for those you discount what's the lifetime value going to be like on that cohort are they going to have higher churn and Probably yes, in many cases. And so you you talked about it a bit recently, right? You want to get more of the same type of customer. And usually the ones where you discount, they're not a fit with that, right? Yeah.
1: And and this is actually another thing from uh, Patrick Campbell, Price Intelligently. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically they're saying, hey, discounting lowers the LTV, so your lifetime value of a customer, by you know more than 30%. Yeah. And now you think like, well, wow, you know, Isn't more than 30% kind of a large discount to have on average? Well, the the problem is actually twofold. It compounds, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and it's basically kind of what I mentioned earlier just now combined. It's not only that you give maybe 20, 25% discount. It's also that that customer by itself will be more likely to churn. So if you kind of combine both of these effects, Mm. you basically get to a larger than 30, 35% reduction of lifetime value.
0: Yeah. That's a terrible spot to be, and I think you also mentioned when we kind of discussed discount the other day you know that you won't reap the same benefit of compounding on price increases, mm. and it's going to actually be difficult for you to pull off if you have uh you know a lot of div- let's say fluctuations in in the price your customer base is paying. that's going to be a difficult exercise to navigate as well right mm. so so
1: there, there's a lot of obstacles for you as well no and you know also on the renewal side of things. Mm. Uh, you know once you open the door for a negotiation on the newbis side, you kind of implicitly also open the door on that negotiation on the renewal side. yeah. so just think about the additional firepower and kilojoules you need to deploy every time you renew someone, you will potentially set yourself up for a new pricing conversation right mm. and how much time does that take off your organization of your CSM so you need to teach them and train them and are ah, geez now I need account managers to do that instead. And all of that, they know the the compounding effect of issues that are surrounding that.
0: Mm. And so I think the, the the last piece is obviously you can infer from this that you're potentially also pushing your problems down the road, right? Oh, yeah. Let's let's you you know we'll deal with that issue with churn in the future. We'll deal with LTV in the future, and then take it from there. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be really hard. That's going to, you know. You're gonna sit with product and say, "Hey, can we fix these things? Maybe that's gonna help." Mm-hmm. Uh, you're gonna hop on a bunch of calls with your your customer support team and and CSMs, and it's
1: not gonna make a difference. Yeah, and obviously, kind of we're sitting here and uh, you know mm, talking from the the high ivory tower of you know <laughs> how how bad churn <laughs> is and oh, <laughs> you shouldn't do it. You know, the, in reality, I myself have never led a sales organization where it wasn't pro discounts. Um, And also, you know, grow blocks. Yeah. You know, sometimes we do give a discount. It has to do with something else, though. We're very not 100% certain what the price point really is, right? So that's kind of, there's always a discussion. And and that's kind of another piece here, what you need Mm. to figure out. Early on in your journey, you won't be 100% sure what your price point actually is. And then standing firm and being like, no, we don't Mm. give any discounts, difficult, right? And the same thing also if it's a highly competitive field. Yeah. And And in those cases, you might simply need to be you know more precise and clear on pricing. And the less the less kilojoules you deploy there to figure that out, the more you probably will need to, you know give flexibility to your reps to do price adjustments on the fly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a great recipe, and sometimes it's a really terrible recipe. Yeah.
0: But I think regardless of you know, yes, we've been doing discounts in the past, maybe even now, right? I think it's still important to stop sometimes and just to reflect. Is that actually the right way? Just because this is the established way of doing things, of mm. doing business, yeah. you might actually learn a thing or two. And, and you know, we we certainly, I was certainly shocked by some of the things we're gonna get into yeah. now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so why should you actually consider a discount-free future where you you know you you build up a sales team and you go, yeah, just so you know, we're not gonna do any discounts. Period. It's like, well, what if my cousin wants to buy it's like yeah he's not going to get a discount it's like no one will get a discount so what should you consider what are some of the benefits actually
1: of of doing that yeah so the first non-obvious one here and i love this one a lot and that's why we're starting out with this one it actually cuts down your sales cycles by sometimes two to three weeks Mm. so why is that well if you think about whatever you're selling, there is even a stage in your Salesforce or a HubSpot pipeline that's called negotiation. And that usually comes after, you know, discovery is done and decision makers bought in and you did your whole medic or whatever you're doing. Um, and then in the end, it's about, you know, figuring out what the price is and, and back and forth on that. And again, when I buy software, uh, I have my whole system to push the price down. And that system relies not on, it's not a quick phone call. It's not like, hey, uh, how much, you know, I, I need a discount. Uh, and then the other <laughs> side says, okay, how much, and done. It's never like that. You know, the, the, the best practice is to never ever on the call, just go down in price. Mm. Uh, you know, always delay or ask for something in return, make it difficult, yada, yada. But what making it difficult for the other side means is also it makes it longer for you to close that deal. Mm. And I think many people completely underestimate the importance of velocity, uh, the, the amount of deals basically one rep can turn over, that's how we need to think about that. Uh, if it takes a year for a rep to turn over a deal, that's one deal, let's just say a year they can do. If it takes a month, that same rep can do 12 deals instead. Mm. Suddenly, right? And obviously they do stuff in parallel and so forth, but that's how you need to think about it, right? Kind of velocity is a major efficiency driver that people don't see. And if you simply, you know, are on the call, say the price, you know, pause, don't have the question mark at yeah. the end uh, when you say it. And then, you know, someone asks about for a discount and you just say, no, we don't give any discounts. You know, what will happen is what happened to me when I bought um, actually Chili Piper. Mm-hmm. They're kind of one of the ones that are really, really, you know, hard on this one. I had one of my uh, RevOps guys do, do the call, do the discovery, do the negotiation, blah, blah, blah. And we already decided we we're gonna buy Chili Pi because we needed it. So the mm. period that was yeah, yeah. that was already done. And it was not like, a, ooh, you know, this one two thousand dollars more that's gonna break the deal. That was, you know, honestly not not what this was about. And um, you know, I talked to my RevOps guy and he was like, Um, Tony, they don't give any discount. First, first reaction, I laugh. <laughs> first reaction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, sure, sure they don't <laughs> give a discount. And then I just get a blank And by the way, this was not a junior RevOps guy. This is a kind of a guy who's been doing this for a long time, actually. And he was looking at me with, you know, dead honesty and certainty. He's like, Tony, they do not give any discounts. And then I stopped laughing and I paused. And then I was like, well, um, well, then let's just sign the deal now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is you know wh- wh- what you what you going to do yeah, you know yeah. are you going to waste another two three weeks and you know you know mm. push something that you won't get anything for and you know obviously you know you know hey is this an outlier scenario blah 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 probably but but that's the effect that it has right instead of you playing this game for two or three weeks longer basically the other side is like okay we don't need to we can't play that game so let's close it right now, and there mm. you go. You have like saved two, three weeks of your sales cycle, right? And I think the just to kind of jump into the next one, another piece of why the velocity actually increases, meaning the sales cycles shortens, is um, if you don't give any discounts, that means you are very, very sure of your price point, and that means you can actually put it on the website. Mm. And we see a lot of companies uh, that are basically. Oh no, I can't show. I can't show a number that's larger than a 1000 bucks on my pricing page because mm-hmm. every you know, no one will buy it. Everyone will just run away, yeah. do something else. You can't do that. But if you're so dead sure about the, your pricing and your pricing is right, you can actually put it on the website and suddenly uh, the the consideration phase will include your pricing. The consideration phase will, uh, you know, when someone is doing research instead of Needing to call you up and wasting your time, blah blah blah. They just know it, and then they can have that conversation already internally. And then there's no weird, awkward silence when someone is, you know, presenting the pricing sheet and so forth. And again, those are things that will basically uh, shorten your sales cycles, right? And, and I think taking those two things together, it's it's a it's a massive efficiency increase mm. that people sometimes don't associate with uh, with discussing necessarily. Yeah. No I think it's
0: it is one of those you you don't realize and just the pure efficiency efficiency gain you can gain per yeah. rep is immense uh it's it's immense and I think you and I talked about hey when we've purchased you know software solutions in the past, there would be three four weeks of negotiation, yep, and that's a lot to shave off you know so 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 totally um totally see the value there and I think maybe jumping into.
1: To the next one. I think the, the next interesting one is really about the um, one of the objections always like, well, you know, if you use discount the right way, it acts like gravy and it basically accelerates the sales cycles, <laughs> right? That, that is the argument many mm-hmm. times. And basically, someone says, like, uh, hey, listen, I can, you know, maybe I can give you a discount but what I need in return is urgency, urgency, urgency. Mm. You know, whatever form of that. You know, you need to sign this thing, you need to get this to legal, you need to give me a verbal, you need to, whatever whatever you're asking in return is always urgency. Mm. And basically you're bargaining around the urgency piece here, right? And for example, when I bought um, Salesforce, I don't know, a couple of years ago, what I did there on purpose uh, was basically I started the conversation in uh, the first week of January. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this was a $100,000, deal or something. We had a fairly sizable sales team at that point. Uh, and you know what maybe some listeners don't know is that Salesforce year end is on January 31st. Mm. So basically, the sales rep that I was reaching out to was incredibly lucky, <laughs> you know? it ended up being a three-year deal more than three hundred thousand dollars. you know was it was a big thing even for you know for the size that we were at that point still was a big thing for the rep and you know he didn't have time to go through all of those negotiation steps and Mm. kind of hey blah blah blah." he needed to get this deal closed in in a month from now or less than that so basically his only choice was skipping some discounting steps going further down much quicker and basically, we were capitalizing on on this exact problem, where the counterpart, your you know account executive on the other side, mm. they have a deadline. You kind of don't have a deadline, yeah. right? Uh, you don't care if if you're close to this first of Feb or last day of of January. So really, you will basically have on the vendor side uh, one of your helpers, basically trying to give you the discount, fighting for you on the vendor side to yeah. give you that discount. And again, right, does it really matter for the business whether or not that deal closes on the 31st of January or the 1st of February? It doesn't really matter all that much, but it matters for that salesperson. So therefore, that salesperson will be incredibly incentivized to give you this discount, right? And with all the kickers and, you know, spiffs and all of that stuff going on, you know... For him, giving you a twenty percent discount and closing the deal will make him a ton more money. Mm. So it's a completely rational decision on on in his or her side to actually kind of go ahead and do it. Um, but for you as a business, mm, I don't know. It didn't really change much, right? You might have closed that deal for a hundred percent or you know whatever discount a week later anyway. Yeah. Right? So you know we've
0: covered a bunch of the the benefits of you know of a future with no discounting. Mm. So you become more competitive you, you avoid the whole uh, incentives for a rep to just skip ahead and do the discounting right and a bunch of other pieces but you still might want some solutions in place because you will still be faced with a prospective client expecting you to move somewhat in in their direction yeah so what are some of the alternatives because we i, I think it would be a you know, poor job of us to just say yeah, and that's it. Now go, you know, without discounts. Yeah, go to your CEO and say, <laughs> yeah. hey, we should stop discounting. Yeah, no. So you have the benefits now, right? Let's talk about what are some of the, the remedies in in it, when you actually start the work in the sales cycle.
1: Yeah, I think um, lots of that has to do with uh, pricing and packaging, honestly. So there might be some benefits here in figuring out what the right price for you is if you give a discount all the time you know people will expect that discount and so forth and and that might come with different uh, value offerings for the different tiers so hey if you only want to if you only have that budget mm. then you can only have that thing here and uh, and basically try and match uh, value that you give with with the, the the pricing that you're able to achieve right and if you have fairly unsophisticated pricing you you don't have that opportunity you can't then say okay no it's it's no problem if you want a 20% discount it's it's no issue you you just then buy this other you know level this other tier here of the product mm. and you need to go for that instead right yeah. i think i think that conversation sometimes it's um, it's really painful for the buyer because then they're like, ah, no, but I want this other thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, but if you want the other thing, you need to pay for that, right? So this is sometimes kind of a good conversation. I think my favorite is actually a vanishing discount, Yeah, honestly. Um, really, and and I think someone like HubSpot is doing this extremely well. Basically, they're saying, sure, you know, whatever discount, but it will go away slash need to be renegotiated at renewal. Yeah. And basically, they're putting it in the contract in a way where you need to be proactive about, uh, you know, calling up your AM. And, you know, asking and begging and pushing for a discount. And the the rationale is pretty smart, actually, at that point, because, you know, when you buy a new tool, you always have this, oh, damn, I need to roll this out now. And, you know, I won't be able to use it for two, three months. And then there will be some bugs and some things won't work. And, you know, arguably your value for the first year probably is less than, you know, the following years. Mm -hmm. Right. And and you can almost think like you add that amount of you know rollout work on top of the price you need to pay as your full cost basically. And guess what? Up on renewal, that additional rollout cost or onboarding cost that will have vanished at that point. You have rolled it out, right? And then going to the vendor asking for a discount will be much harder conversation. And actually, the rollout cost works in their benefit now. Yeah because if you wanted to stop using them well you need to spend the rollout cost now on another tool right mm. and you know this only works with like sticky products and HubSpot and you know products where a lot of users are in there it obviously makes a bunch of sense but it does um, I gotta say it that did create kind of a bad taste in my mouth many times kind of you know especially working with HubSpot on this specific thing yeah but you know generally speaking vanishing discounts um, that would be actually my my overall go-to in terms of sure you will have a discount conversation, sure yeah. your you know, rep will have that toolbox or mm. that tool in the box, but you know it won't overall hurt your business.
0: And I think it doesn't have to be on the, let's say, the license. You do a vanishing discount because I, I even believe HubSpot at some point they did a, I don't know if, how strict they were about it, but a required onboarding package with training that mm. came at a cost yeah. and they would you know potentially waive that. Cost, mm. but that wasn't then the license, right? So you're basically switching it out. Um, yeah. So, so I think you can you can enable with other things if you have services or, or whatever, right? You can do do things on the side because they're non recurring. Mm. It, it won't impact you the same way.
1: Yeah, I think I think the the, the main the main piece here is um, you know what if you can't get away from discounts, mm. try and not make them recurring. Yeah, you know, I, I think I said it once before in a world of recurring revenues. You want to have one of discounts, mm. you know, and not the other way around. Yeah. And um, and that's really um, you know, if you can find ways to install that into your organization, I think that's gonna be extremely beneficial. You know, and then the 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 alternative, not giving any discounts, I think it can drive efficiencies that people don't realize that it might drive. Mm. And the reason why people aren't able to resist the discounting piece is sure there's a culture and an expectation. And that's you know difficult to just change as one vendor, but also how sure are you about your pricing? Mm. If you're not a thousand percent rock solid sure, you will always be like, oh, okay, you know, let's 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 fix that issue by giving a discount here and there, right? And and I think um uh, you know focusing on the pricing side, yeah, you know, not only creating more options and add-ons and you know value can dial it up and down with the uh, you know uh, price that someone wants to pay. But also with the certainty of that is the correct price, and we're going to stand by it. You know, doing that will also give your reps much more uh, stamina, and you know, not not ending not ending the the, the pricing slide with a question mark. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but with it, just a pause. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and then there's sometimes the the soft door opening, like well, we tailor our pricing and uh, blah blah blah. Yeah. And you know, you will kind of hear those soft openings from reps, and if you have uh, much more conviction in your pricing you know, some of this will actually go away.
0: Yeah. I think that's also why for some businesses, they're going the no discount route. It just brings more clarity, right? And I, I, So I've, by the way, fun fact, actually been, uh, you know, selling things direct to consumer at one point, face to face. And uh, we were the only importer. We had exclusivity of a certain product. So when they asked for a discount, it was easy to say no because there were no substitute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't think we should um, advertise for selling drugs, Mikkel. This is not <laughs> okay Wow. <laughs> I think our show just
0: got, you know, rated something
1: just with that comment there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Okay. But anyway, I think this was a good one. It's, um, it's always fun to kind of challenge your own views. Yes. Like you said, we've been used to discounting. If you probably hire your first uh, salesperson for the team, that's probably going to be a topic at some point in time because, yeah. of course, it's a thing but I think it's really important to just take a different view on it Uh, every now and then uh, you will definitely learn something and
1: maybe you you land on the middle ground maybe go to full monkey let's see and you know if if you need help pushing this through in your organization just maybe send this podcast link to uh, one of those folks and let's see if we were able to convince a VP of sales uh, your CEO your CRO let's see about that
0: yeah but uh Thanks so much for listening.
1: Uh, Hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you so much, Tony. Thanks, Mikkel. And uh, hope everyone enjoyed it and uh, have a good one. Bye. Bye.